0: Sportsnet 590, 590, the fan.
1: Happy Mondays, fan morning show, Justin and Alish. Sportsnet 590, fan. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Happy late Father's Day to all the dads out there.
0: How was your Father's Day weekend? It's
1: great. Love my dad
0: love As all the should. dads. The dads
1: are great. Dads are the best. Dad season also is like this is this is where the dads shine. Is it? Get the grill going. Get the sandals. Mom's
0: can grill too.
1: Oh yeah, I just meant like this is
0: this was his this is his time. Dads take a lot of pride in the grill. Yeah. Historically, right?
1: You got a grill guy. He's one of them.
0: I haven't been grilling uh at all. What are you doing? I don't know.
1: You even have a backyard.
0: Uh I, I got to book. I have to book
1: my barbecue. I have to think ahead to when. Do you I, do that? Yeah, you have to.
0: But do you actually do it? You have to. No, but do you do it? Yes. Now, I'm not like saying. Do you go through the protocol? I'm doing. Do you actually go through the yes. protocol and grill? With regular, I have
1: to think ahead to when I'm going to eat said meat in my fridge and mm-hmm. what time I'd like to go <laughs> up onto the balcony and book the barbecue. Oh, and wait. 75 other people want the barbecue at this time. That's what I'm
0: saying. That's why I never did it when I lived in a condo. I have to. I was like, this is not worth it. Can't starve. Well, there's other ways to cook meat.
1: I need to get a grill pan for my house, but I'm like, the barbecue is one level above my building. I'm going to get it and I'm going to book it.
0: It depends on what you're doing though. Like if you get that grill pan, you're setting off your alarm, Mm -hmm. you're annoying the neighbors. You've, you've, got, you've got, like, Noah's Ark in your house, so there's going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, animals that are dealing with the smoke, and...
1: I do it's have sensitive scene. fire alarms, I'll tell I you I feel that. like
0: every condo does. Like, remember it's a my, disaster. I got that
1: little air fryer for Christmas, which just, she, just, well, she cooks.
0: Fr- I mean, air fryer but shouldn't be sending anything open, off. What's wrong with your I air swear, fryer? I swear,
1: when you open it, no. the heat comes out, and it's like... No shit, like, Justin, no. I'll film it. I open up the air fryer and it's cooking at 450, you know, frying up some or roasting some veggies. And you got to be immediate in out, boom. Like you can't mess around with it open.
0: With an air fryer.
1: With an air fryer. The heat must go I, right up. I
0: need some text I line contribution I will legitimately
1: here. film this for you tonight the when air I fryer roast some veggies.
0: Yes, give off anything.
1: I'm telling you, I got touchy, touchy fire alarm in my house.
0: I haven't seen any smoke ever emit from my air fryer, and
1: I clean it. Like, don't come in the text line, and tell me I clean this thing. I'm, I take out all the pieces and I clean them. I think it's just the rush of heat. I don't know. I'm telling you, it just, it turns on.
0: I think the enduring battle that I'll have like, throughout the rest of my life is the battle with the expiration date and meat. Put it in the freezer. Like, it's always, always an issue. I, always. I'm always fighting it. And I'm the guy who's going for the 30% guy. off. Oh, uh, We've got d- a couple days. I'll cook this. I'll cook this when I get home sits there for two days, and I'm just, like, Well, it's 30% it.
1: off because you need to eat it in the exactly. next 30 minutes. I always,
0: <laughs> I always do that, and I always understand that I'm going to, like, push the limits of the meat expiration If I always. look
1: at the meat, and it's, t- like, today if I got, I do have some chicken I need to eat today. I do, too. I, I might I not eat it because it's the day of, and I get nervous. I know they do this, like, they give you a day or two, but i if I take a sniff and it, it smells yeah, one percent funky, done. I don't want bad chicken. I,
0: I eat it. I'm I'm eating Your stomach
1: this. is titanium. Man. I'm eating the smelly. Chicken. I honestly, th- I, have I have five a fear smelly of chicken breasts to put back today, buddy. You should have put them in the freezer. You're I, a bad grill guy. I'm terrible grill guy. Anyway, I got to book that. I just remembered. at first, inter, first intermission. First break of this show, I got to book the barbecue for tonight because <laughs> everyone's going to be up there.
0: It's yeah. barbecue
1: week. It's going to be lovely weather in the city, and I got to make sure I got a barbecue slot that's not 9 p.m.
0: Have you ever tried the condo barbecue on, like, the little balcony? I don't think you have no, a balcony. No, you're not allowed about. to. Oh, but yeah, no, no. a lot of people do.
1: No, no, you can't.
0: What do you someone coming around? Yes. Balcony to balcony? Yeah. Swinging around like Spider-Man?
1: <laughs> I'm not pushing my luck. And did you not see last two weeks ago? I follow the rules. Two weeks ago on King Street, somebody's apartment caught on fire, and it was right above, like right on King Street. Streetcars going. Was and, it the barbecue? There? And it might have been. And fire was f- coming out of the windows, mm. and they probably had a barbecue in their apartment. You're so
0: blaming barbecues for that.
1: I think it was truly the reason. Look it up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> grill guys, give me some grill etiquette. In the text line, like
0: uh, you know, someone's okay. saying I'm she's not wrong in the text line about See? the air fryer. And Dave, like, said, I cannot believe Dave
1: that. says it's probably a smoke and heat detector. Exactly. Yeah, they are not messing around. Well, they don't I, want a fire.
0: I, I, I'm a maybe maybe heat detector, but the beauty of the air fryer is that it it's is like quiet nothing and is happening.
1: Silent and it doesn't smell like smoke. But the heat that pours out when I open that little door, really, it just flies into the apartment. Cooks up the air, and the alarm goes off. So you have wow. to move at the speed of light if you want your food without the alarm wow. going off. It's honestly kind of feels like a challenge. Like, I get excited for it. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Like,
0: yeah, Bunker, like Max I'm like,
1: Bunker, are you ready? Or his pit crew? Open the door, grab the food, put it back, and if I can do it without the alarm going off, it's a win for me.
0: How does Bunker do with appliances, by the way?
1: He's good. He hates the vacuum, though. Yeah. And it's just like, he it torments him. I think when he sees it, even, it's not yeah. even plugged in It's yet. a
0: good, like, disciplinary measure, though. You want him to like Justin. calm down? You just get the vacuum out. I'm just cleaning.
1: No, I like to train my dog instead of just torment him with the vacuum cleaner.
0: Okay.
1: Anyway, happy Father's Day. Happy grilling season. Best of luck while you battle it out for your condo barbecues on the rooftop. And the the etiquette is you got to clean those when you're done, okay? It shouldn't be I shouldn't be going up there today and there's like six layers of charred chicken mm. on there. You got to do it you got to do oh, it.
0: I mean, don't you? Don't you clean before you barbecue? Of it's course like I a, do. That's but how the, the barbecue process goes. The
1: proper etiquette is to have cleaned at least sixty or to eighty percent of your food. I
0: have another question. Oh do, you have your own barbecue do. scrub that I you bring up. I have my own barbecue because scrub. Because that thing and my that's probably utensils. up there, the communal one up there, it, is probably the grossest thing. It ever.
1: has no hairs left, or like whatever I those things? Imagine. Are the bristles? Bristles. There's none left. You're literally using a plastic spatula, basically, to grill. So I have my mm. own. I take this very seriously. It's a privilege to pay condo fees, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> to pay these
1: people to you use a shared. I always wonder where ab- those
0: condo fees are going. A
1: shared appliance, so
0: not to new bristles.
1: I'll keep you updated tonight when I have to go battle it out with the other barbecue squad. Okay.
0: Well, on my uh, you know following rant, you can you can book your barbecue yeah, very yeah. quickly. I
1: gotta get that thing, I gotta get the app, the condo app. Get a little sixty second
0: up. break, get it going.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, wonderful weekend. For everybody, but uh, maybe not the Blue Jays. Um, not a great one. We had the U.S. Open, maybe not a great one either. <laughs> the Canadian Grand Prix, pretty much predicted where that one was going to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Canada loses the Concacaf Nations League final.
0: Well, a little like this it's is kind of tough. Is go like right a, there. It's a vibe show, right? Like yeah. you're the vibes coordinator. We'll all, you're all about something. vibes. It's kind of a bad vibe thing going on this morning in the sports world. <sighs> There's a lot of We do winners and losers things. on
1: Mondays. Kinda feel like it's just a lot of losers. I have
0: zero winners. Oh. So you're gonna have to bring all the positivity. Do you okay. wanna is there somewhere specific you wanna start?
1: Uh blue jays.
0: Okay. Let's, Let's get
1: it. that out of the way. <sighs> big, big disappointment yesterday. Well, you're like streaming, maybe having a little cookout, hitting the grill up. A cookout. The blue jays up six nothing, you're feeling good a couple, reason to
0: turn the TV off, really. A couple
1: light loggers in the bod. Okay. <laughs> nice sun. Yeah. And then, honestly, this is what happened to me. I had to go back and rewatch some of it. It was 6 nothing. Got my attention elsewhere. There's dogs. There's babies. Like, it was just a whole exciting, happy afternoon. Dogs,
0: babies, beers.
1: It, that's all you need in life, and barbecues. And I went through the kitchen, and I had stopped in my tracks when the game was no longer 6 nothing for the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point I saw seven, six and I was like, Did I go into another dimension? The light loggers were not light. <laughs> yeah. And I and I just hit yeah. pause, yeah. finished up the BBQ sitch, and I rewatched whatever the hell happened there. And the Blue Jays, man, what a disappointment. It's with this team it feels like roulette. Which thing on the roulette wheel are we getting today? Is it bad pitching? Is it no offense? Is it bad base running? Is it no defense?
0: Is it all of those things? And
1: sometimes you just hit jackpot and it's all (laughs) of
0: them. exactly.
1: But that's been the story of how the Blue Jays have gone over the last little while. Sometimes you just, we come on here and Blue Jays have best starting rotation in the AAL. We are fired up about the starting pitching. Boom, boom, boom. Well, that didn't happen. Oh, you know what? They've actually made some, some defensive upgrades in the outfield. You know, we're looking good. Kevin Kiermaier. George Springer's rounding into the form. Well, that didn't happen. Hey, their base running is really, you know, their attention to detail. They're not making any mental errors and dumb mistakes. Oh, that's not happening. And the bats don't exist. Oh, then they exist. But everything else doesn't work. So it's just like a game of what type of Blue Jays are we getting today? And yesterday's was not a favorable one.
0: Yeah, yesterday was an absolute disaster. I think it was one of the worst losses of the season given where the game was at a certain point. And and watching Chris Bassett was like, oh, he doesn't look all that good. And this is a dangerous Texas Rangers team. But you still have this massive lead. And it's Chris Bassett and things should be Mm -hmm. okay. But it slowly unravels for him. And... Like, I don't know if he needed, like, a helping hand or a life raft or something, but it just seemed like they kind of allowed that to happen when it seemed uh, completely obvious that he wasn't sharp and he didn't have his stuff and they might need something different in order to get through the game. But then you remind yourself, oh, yeah, yesterday was the bullpen day Mm -hmm. and you can't do back to back bullpen days. And even if. Bassett struggles, like you don't have the person you'd want to turn to, which would be Trevor Richards before he was thrust into starting duty with the bullpen situation. So all these like issues are compounding themselves, but they make it even harder on themselves. Like that you mentioned mental mistakes. It was chock full yesterday, mental mistakes, Vladdy errors, Kiermaier and Bouchette combining for an error, mm-hmm. Vladdy getting picked off. It was just <laughs> like you finally break through offensively, and you lose your focus entirely. Mm-hmm. It was really, really strange uh, to watch what happened yesterday actually happen. Like, I understand Texas is a great lineup. And they can come back in a game where they're down 6 nothing. That happens. But you made it really, really mm-hmm. easy on them. And John Gray, like, uncharacteristically his, his made it that easy game, on you.
1: Before that game, John Gray... I'm looking. at am like this. They're, they're not going to get one single run, and they blew up John Gray. And, it was a gift, and it, exactly. And they could not capitalize on something a very winnable game. They've lost a lot of winnable games this season. Yesterday's was in dramatic fashion. But you're right. Like it's it's almost like they were up in this game and did not know how to just dial it in and say, "All right, we're up six nothing. Let's just play clean baseball and we win mm-hmm. this game. Let's just play." Let's be pros. Be a professional. Go out there, do your job, stay in your lane, perform to the level that you can continue to hold a six-nothing lead. Mm -hmm. And it's like they didn't know how to react and they didn't know how to put themselves in a position to win. And that's sad because, man, like it's if you think about playing important baseball down the stretch, you got to have some mental fortitude and they did show none of it.
0: Yeah. I think they've reached like something of a crisis point. Honestly, on the season, we have David Sampson on uh, at seven. And I want to ask him about that because like, it's a crisis point on season, but also on your build towards relevancy, relevancy Mm -hmm. and trying to build a world series contender because this team doesn't seem like it's it. And there are other teams that look far better, including the two that we saw just in these last two series with the Rangers and Orioles. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, like, the Blue Jays have sort of achieved gatekeeper status, right? Like, a good team like Baltimore, a good team like Texas it winds up beating them. But to be a gatekeeper, you need some level of consistency. It's like a standard that some teams can surpass and other teams can't. You are pretty clear in the pecking order where you are, and it seems pretty clear in the pecking order where the Blue Jays are, maybe the 6th, 7th, like best team in the american league that's what they feel like that's what i think they'll end up like and for that reason you know there's a collection of teams maybe you can count them on one hand that can beat you with regularity because they are better than you but you beat everybody else but normally gatekeepers are consistent normally gatekeepers are the same thing over and over again with the blue jays it's either they find a way to blow it in one way or a different way or that way and they beat bad teams which again is the gatekeeper type uh, type of thing but when you're in positions like they were on sunday And to lose that game, it's like that means – and it looms larger. It means more than just simply losing a game where it's competitive. Let's say they lost the game Friday night, which they may – maybe they should have Mm. based on how they played from an offensive perspective at least. Like you'd understand it. You lost a close game. Kevin Gosman was good, but their pitcher was better. Uh, But yesterday's game just went in a direction that it's it's worse than just one game. It's worse than a series uh, defeat in Texas. It's worse than – just losing a game to a really, really good team. It just seems like that was a culmination of issues that have been plaguing this team all year, and it hurts a little bit more than it should, just one loss out of 162.
1: So three consecutive series losses. They're headed to Miami, uh, 640 first pitch. I like when there's like a little, give us a little extra 30 minutes, 25 minutes of our lives. I got to get that grill booked early then. Damn less time for my time selections today, uh, but there's a, uh, this is a, a, not a not a rollover team as well, third best record in the NL, they're headed to play Miami for the next three games and Blue Jays are in a bit of a spot where I, I just feel like they need to, I don't know, kept, I feel like we said this every time, but like find some positive momentum, uh, Bassett wasn't that, um, he's had two kind of uncharacteristic bad performances in a row, After that one gem he pitched against the Mets when the baby was on the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Still Yeah, the
0: fatigue setting in. It's like less excitement, more fatigue. Maybe the
1: baby's like, hey, I don't sleep. And he's like, I kind of need that now. This is actually more
0: difficult than I thought. Uh, Yeah.
1: So Bassett, not his greatest performance. The bullpen game actually was winnable. Like, I, I. the Saturday, sure. the Saturday game was winnable. They did their best to, to put them in a position. It was another but,
0: nine hits, but mm, they can't catch. That's If you another, can't another score... Another storyline for them. If
1: you can't score more than two runs, you're going to lose your second bullpen game in the week, which they have, but... The
0: other team is hitting home runs, and you are not.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that that's kind of what you're hoping for in terms of what, what production the op- opposing team can get. To help you win a bullpen game. Uh, looks like they will be they'll they might have only one or two more of those. So they got some actual rest days coming up, which is nice. They have a day off again. Mm-hmm. So they should be able to get by without a bullpen day until July 1st. So mm, July 1st, Canada against the Red Sox might be a bullpen day. Oh, that'll be so fun. that'll be fun. And then maybe one more before the All-Star break. And I've seen, and I don't want to bring the name up, but Alec Manoa has been pitching a lot. And I saw that he could be back as soon as July
0: 1st. Okay. I mean, I
1: just mean in terms of what could happen. I don't think that that's what they're going to do, but like,
0: I mean, w- what a disaster would be rushing no. him back and, and having bad results. I, 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 I just think we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. I do think though, with the four man rotation, it's like, yeah, it sounds great. Oh, you only have to have one more book. Well, Pen day, uh, as you mentioned two. Two more bullpen days. So it's like, oh, there's some solace there. Um, but also, like, it puts a lot of stress on these guys. And maybe that's why Bassett's performance uh, has was poor or has been poor. Or it, it's more that than it is the baby. Uh, it, it just seems like, yeah, when you're... the The margin for error is so thin, right? Because you know the bullpen day is tricky. You yeah. know if you pitch poorly, you're adding a second bullpen day. And it's going to tax the other day and the other relief you get for guys like Mm Gosman, Barrios, et cetera. Like, it just seems like they're flying real close to the sun with all this and one downturn in performance. I E Chris Bassett Mm -hmm. affects everything that else until he comes back around again. And it just feels like it's adding up and adding up and adding up. And the pressure is mounting and mounting and mounting. And you just kind of need a fifth starter still. Just as just as you did (laughs) to start the season, like it's, uh, I'm not taking much solace in like, oh, you only have one, uh, only have a couple left. It's still like going to affect you getting to the point where that fifth starter comes in, and you might be, which they are, out of the playoffs.
1: But they're not far off.
0: They're not far off. Like
1: like, from a wild card spot, like that is maybe that's the silver lining on all this. They're right
0: there. It's it's, 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 you can't really get too bad out of shape. They're right there.
1: They're but, half a game back of the wild card spot, and obviously they're eleven. But they are and in half. chase mode, and yeah. they should oh, yeah. have never gonna, been in chase. But they're going to be in chase mode all all year they long. They shouldn't have been though. The Tampa Bay Rays are fifty one and twenty four. Well,
0: chasing Tampa, yes, but ch- chasing just comfortable wild card position. I understand that we're talking about the AL East being like, oh, okay, it's resigned to the fact you can't win it; it's too good. But you're competing with other teams for those spots. Well, I think that you're falling behind now.
1: So, looking at the Yankees' record, for example, basically identical. Uh, they're like half a game back from the Yankees, so. Then there's Baltimore, and yeah, I think Baltimore surprised a lot of people. We just saw Baltimore; they are kind of what we wanted. The Blue Jays to be a young team that's actually producing well, and they have depth, and they have the best, one of the best um, farm systems in the MLB, and they're they're getting what they need in their bullpen. Like we just saw the Orioles, and I feel like I kind of fell in love with them a little bit. But the Blue not Jays, catching them. yeah, they're they're, they're certainly not going to catch a team that's better than them. But they're ahead of the Red Sox and they're basically neck and neck with the Yankees. So they're half a game back from a wild card spot. Lots of baseball to be played. When we look at the record at this exact time last year, it's very very similar. We know that they found their way into the wild card. We don't want to talk about how that went, but it's still within reach. It is hard, though, to think big picture and zoom out and say, well, this is just, you know, it's just your third consecutive series loss. It's just another series loss because, look, you know, there's lots of baseball to be played. It feels like the all-star break can't really come quick enough for the Blue Jays. Like this upcoming month, they need to get get over 500 baseball. They need to get some wins and some rest, and they need to get a starting pitcher lined up for whoever's going to take over that fifth spot. Whether that's been over or not, no rushing that. Maybe that's a trade that needs to happen, but it it isn't time to sell, I don't think, at this point. Like, we'll talk about that with David Sampson, who's going to join us later in the show. about. Well, you know, what's the time for, then? They'll win some games? Yeah. Like, I don't think they're, they're a terrible baseball team. I think that they just need to string this together, stop playing roulette and find a way to, like, they're close. And I hate trying to be like, oh, they're close and, like, they're not out, but that's really where they're at, right?
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, I think it's survival mode. If, like, you can just stay afloat mm-hmm. until the All-Star break, until the trade deadline, put yourself in a position where you can, like, convince yourself yeah. that you should add and try and plug some gaps that you clearly have. I think that's separate yourself. what they're
1: going to do. I can't imagine them just being like, let's sell all this off. Like, this is
0: their... No, they're not in a position to do that, mm-hmm. but they're also not in a position to buy. Like, you cannot look at the state of the American League and think, oh, uh, uh, fifth start will put us over the top. Like, you can't. There's so two, it's if it's roulette. In action, there's so many different
1: doing nothing is like what we talked about all year with the Raptors. Like what's your direction?
0: Yeah, you're going to go get a
1: equivalent to Yacperle at the trade deadline and see what happens. Well, uh, they I, might
0: may, Maybe the Yacperle thing does make sense because it's something that could help you for multiple mm-hmm. seasons cuz maybe this one is a little bit ill-fated. It's not going to work. There are too many good teams. Yeah. Uh, maybe Shohei leaves and the path clears a little bit because Tampa's got to pay someone and refuses to. I don't really know. I, I think they're in the <laughs> position where they're clearly inferior right now, and it's going to be difficult yeah. to overcome that. However, I think what you're you're hoping for right now is to just like this group does play some good baseball and cleans things up a little bit, and you get Manoa and back and you start pitching them. a little bit, and maybe yep. Chad Green gives you something, and maybe you do kind of like what the Phillies did last year where you just play your best baseball Mm -hmm. for a month at the best time. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, I think, all you can really... I I think this is... Remember when, remember when the uh, the David Ayers game that season with the the Maple Leafs where it was like, oh, you lost to Carolina with our Zamboni driver. We're not going to help you at all because you don't really deserve it. That was kind of where Kyle Dubas went. Mm-hmm. And he spent all these picks beforehand and after, and he put himself in a position where maybe he shouldn't buy. But he was told and instructed based on how the team played not to buy and not like they did anything in the playoffs. But sometimes you just got to be like, accept your medicine. Hope you can do something because you had all these intentions anyway, and maybe Vladdy gets it going when it works. And Bo's seasons so great that he does it. Florida throwout. Panthers your
1: way into the you Stanley could Cup Florida
0: Final. Panthers your way to a World Series maybe, but I, I just don't think it's going to be like, hey, we buy ourselves mm-hmm. into a position where we're better than these teams. You kind of just have to, in a way, fluke it. Where it's like, yeah, you're talented enough to hang, but you just play your best at the right time, and really. That's something that we haven't seen in a while in Toronto sports. It seems like it's like expectations or let down. Maybe low expectations overperform is the best case scenario for this Blue Jays team. But that just seems at this point so overly optimistic.
1: So they've got three games against Miami. Then they're back home against our favorite team, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, The Giants are in town and then the Boston Red Sox. That's their next three series. Um, Certainly some winnable games there. Except the Oakland Athletics like to just turn it on and win six in a row all of a sudden. But they're, they've come back down to earth a bit. Um, so that's up for for the Blue Jays um, starting tonight. You have Jose Barrios on the mound, and he had an incredible outing last time he was out. Like, there's your put two... Two together, and if we're Jose in a wild Barrios. card
0: series right now, it's he's Gosman, Brios, right? Yeah. Gosman, Brios, Bassett, yeah, for power ranking the Blue Jays starters, yeah, based on two starts from Chris Bassett or an entire season from Jose Brios, where he's been really, really good.
1: I still, I still feel like that those three is a pretty damn good trio to have. So, long ways away, lots of baseball to be played, but it's certainly not a a big confidence feeling this morning after a really tough loss and a tough series loss against Rangers but back in action today 6.40 p.m. first pitch and that is Jose Barrios on the mound Um, let's go to some more Toronto adjacent news Toronto Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews so sounds like some positive rumblings and mumblings maybe Mm-hmm. um bride tray living went and visited
0: <laughs> what? please please positive stuff to yeah
1: talk they, about? i think i think we could put this in the positive bucket sure bride tray living visited matthews last week in arizona and we knew that was uh bound to happen and our guy elliot friedman um has some news ish for us um let's play Frege on matthews and where they're at maybe contract extension
2: talks you know, Brad Tree Living did go to Arizona last week and he met with Austin Matthews. And look, I have been convinced he's signing. Now I'm even more convinced he's signing. Like I don't know how much they talk contract, but the one thing I remember is when was the last time that Brad Tree Living had dinner with someone? Uh was it Huberto? Yes, it was Jonathan Huberto in Montreal. Mm-hmm. So three days after Huberto ate that chocolate souffle. Oh my. <laughs> he signed the extension <laughs>
1: Something with in the chocolate. <laughs> I
2: think Matthews, and especially the people around him, they look at there's been two more big contracts in his future. I think the Maple Leafs are going to try to get a max term deal out of this. I don't know what the likelihood is, but I think they're going to try. And the second thing is, I think that both sides understand here that this isn't a decision that can wait a long time. The Maple Leafs, they're doing their scouting meetings right now. They have to know kind of what this is going to look like so they can make a number of long-term decisions. If nobody was sure that Matthews wanted to stay, I think we'd have a real problem here. But I think everybody, including Matthews' people, recognized that he wants to stay.
1: Okay, so... I think that we've probably been in the same understanding that Matthews has always wanted to be a Maple Leaf. He
2: said so.
0: He said but as much, right? But the big
1: question has been, and we've seen this floated around, is it going to be Max Lynch? Is it going to be three years? Like, is that a, is that a massive loss?
0: Well, uh, I'm not convinced it's going to be eight years.
1: And I don't think Elliot is as well. He said that they're trying for—why would you not try for a Max Of course L-? of You're going to be like, we want to have you forever. Like, please, we'd like to put your— It's also the best
0: business plan possible because if you do four years, that means you're really doing 12 because Mm -hmm. you're going to do eight years when you have the chance. And a player does eight years when it benefits them the most, which is when, hey, can I be overpaid at the end of my career when I'm slowing down? So eight years or three years or four years is really... More like 11-12 because you're going to do that deal if he wants to, if you in, want to stay. at that time. When he's 30 years old or mm-hmm. 29, yeah, you're signing Austin Matthews. But if the Leafs
1: haven't found a way to make it work in the next four years and the window is closed. Yeah, maybe
0: he maybe changes his mind. But for he now. To go to a contender. 100%.
1: Right now, the Maple Leafs are obviously still a contender. Yes. Whether or not they get there is the big question. But I think there's some positive strides there. The souffle, the ch- chicken, the chocolate souffle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's how you it's win be someone souffle over. to chicken
0: souffle tonight with all the chicken I need to eat. Yeah. Go on. we're
1: going to be making chicken souffle on the barbecue today. But maybe that's all you need. It's just like a really good dessert, a good restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And you just say, buddy, yeah. I did my research. I went on mm. whatever open table and I booked the best, highest rated dessert spot in
0: it's yeah, the secret is True Living's knowledge of the, you know, the culinary scene. It better be
1: and, good. And, and, he better know what Matthews I, likes.
0: I, I think I think Elliot's positivity also uh, all obviously kind of like it, it's very important mm-hmm. because he's talking to people, he's hearing things, and he's maybe not quoting directly, he's maybe not saying this, or because you can't go that far without knowing, 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 knowing. But positivity here, I think, is very, very important. I will say though, conflating dinner with an extension and and, and kind of like <laughs> You know, comparing it to Huberto, like I—I I, I don't think I think that's more cute than anything, right? Like I maybe don't. Maybe he I had the
1: waiter bugged.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like imagine being the, the guy that's the, the waiter bathroom. of
1: this meal. Like you, you're witnessing something. If you had a tiny, like maybe. smidget of knowledge from that meal, like you're just like, wow, that guy looks familiar. Oh, that's that's awesome. Matthews and that's Bradshaw. Oh, probably maybe
0: they- safer to have dinner at a swanky place in Arizona in terms of like you know, keeping information or keeping a lid on things. But yeah, I mean, just because they had dinner and it was positive doesn't mean the Leafs are going to get exactly what they want. Right? No, he's still going to want Huberdeau, to capitalize Huberto got a ridiculous amount of money, 10 mm-hmm. and a half over eight years. And he's way older than Austin Matthews <laughs> because true had some desperation to keep the guy. He traded for Matthew Kachuk in Calgary. So I, anything compared to Huberto is a little bit of a red flag for me. I'm not like, Oh, that's amazing. It's just like Huberto. You don't want to be just like Huberto and true That was kind of a disaster. However, if the two got along, they enjoyed the chocolate souffle. Mm. They both want the same thing really in the end, which is just more chocolate the, souffle, more chocolate souffle At over so, three, so, so four, so here. five, six, maybe eight year term, whatever it is. <laughs> that's good stuff. But the fact of the matter is Austin Matthews isn't just going to make concessions because he likes Bradshaw no Living. Like he's going to go after what he wants. And everything we've always heard is that he wants to reset the standard in terms of what superstars make and how they make it and the biggest point of frustration i think for everyone was like oh austin matthews be crazy to sign for 8 years because look at look at what he can accomplish with a 3 year and he can sign again why is that conversation not reserved for anyone else everyone else can sign 8 it's years same thing. and it's smart and it's like wow you cashed in great i mean you wanted to be there that's awesome what a great deal for both sides everyone's going to be happy but Austin Matthews is the only one who would be crazy to sign for 8 years. Not Connor McDavid. Mm. He was way like he was re- brilliant move for Connor McDavid to sign for over 100 million dollars, 8 years, 12 and a half, way more than anyone else has gotten. What a brilliant move, but anyone other than Austin Matthews, yeah, that's the right move. But with Austin, 3 years is the it's right different. move for Austin. I'm not really sure why those things are the same, but it or are different. But it's, I guess, because Austin has told us from the jump or let it be known from the jump from jump that he wants to do things a little bit differently. And I'm not expecting eight years. I'm expecting something more like three. So he can go to 28, 29 years old mm-hmm. and sign for eight years then.
1: It'll be interesting to evaluate any, how this next any, week goes too. any
0: contract is signed. It's a yeah. good thing for the oh, Leafs. Yeah, of course. Any contract is good.
1: The draft is next week. And. Elliot also provided some more information on 32 thoughts podcast about possible changes in Leafs front office. Like they got a lot they need to figure out. We talked about this when Brad Trey living signed. It was like the to do list was lengthy and it was timely and it's been pretty quiet other than this dinner date in Arizona with the chocolate Shane and she was probably Dome. there too. Yeah, he probably was. Um, but here's Elliot. We've got him on 32 thoughts talking about some changes that might happen in the Leafs front office.
2: So I got a call uh, from someone who uh, works another organization. And and we were chatting and they go, one of the things that Toronto did was, apparently they went to a number of their people and they said, look, if you're not comfortable here after the GM change, let us know. If you want to stay and be part of it, great. But if you're not comfortable here after the change from, Dubas to tree living. And there was a lot of reporting about that. Mm -hmm. They said, tell us now. I don't think any changes are going to be made now. I think if there's going to be any changes, it'll likely be after the draft. Right. But they wanted to know. So we'll see where all this goes.
1: I mean, if somebody came to you and said, do you still want to work here with this new management? And you said, no. Well, you also then need to go find another job, right? So I wonder how many people were like, oh, yeah, like... I'm good, I'm good now, I'm going to spend the next little while trying to get myself in a different position. Also, you have these big things to be made, these decisions to be made in the next little while. Yeah. What, after the draft, you just say, okay, now I'm good, like, I'm going to go on my own way. It's a very weird time that they're in that they need to make these decisions, and people will be making significant decisions for the Maple Leafs. That might not be there long-term. It's it's very strange.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people in the Leaf front office are thinking, okay, I know Kyle Dubas liked me, but Mm. how much did he like me? Is he going to
1: call me in a month? (laughs)
0: Did he he like me (laughs) enough? Do I stay here and wait? Yeah, to pull me over, just like he did with Jason Spezza. Uh, Mm -hmm. The one thing that I'm like... Conf- um, I'm I, I jury's still out in Brad to live against general manager in my opinion. Like yeah, I, I don't know week, buddy. No, but, I mean just in terms of his track record yeah. like I don't know how much the influence was with ownership and everything that went into Calgary. Clearly there were there were challenges that he won't have in Toronto, but there are other challenges that he wouldn't have had in Calgary that he's going to have in Toronto. I think jury's still out in mm-hmm. a lot of ways in terms of the on ice product. However, I don't think the jury's out when it comes to relations. I think everything you hear about him is is that he's really good with people, loves collaboration, loves to talk hockey, loves to work, loves to be in the rink, loves to do all those things that encompass being a hockey executive. It's not like he wants to be on a pedestal somewhere, looking down on everyone. He is a good person, at least it seems, a good employee, a good boss, whatever you want to call it. So I feel like that relations aspect of all this is going to take care of itself. And him just putting it out there, being like, hey, if you don't want to be here, that's cool, but I want to work with you if you want to be here. And I feel like that's just, I, I like if you have like some a new boss coming in, a new regime coming into your place of work, I think you'd appreciate that.
1: I, I think so as well. And everything we've heard about him is that he's just a, a lovely man, but they have some big decisions to make in the next week to two weeks.
0: And I guess the Dubas disciples have decisions to make before then.
1: And is Dubis making his decisions of who he liked from Toronto? and? But again... Bring them over?
0: You got a time crunch and you're letting other people make decisions. Mm-hmm. How many actual big moves, important decisions are you going to be able to make before everyone goes to the cottage for summer?
1: <laughs> That's true. July is truly around the corner. It is crazy yeah. how fast and this he's has got gone. A
0: lot. He's got to put together basically 50% of a team.
1: Yeah. And then now we're hearing like it sounds like uh, Bunting and Hall and Kerfoot are all bye-bye.
0: Freedge close didn't close the door on Bunting. Just just to put it out there.
1: Just rumors that it might not be. Uh, We will have Frank Saravelli on like we do every single week, uh, 8 o'clock today. So we'll have him a little later in the show. We'll get uh, the updates all around. We do have some Stanley Cup (laughs) parade updates. Maybe we'll save that for winners and losers or the A-list. But the Mm -hmm. Vegas certainly celebrated their Stanley Cup, much deserved. They shut down the Strip and... But the guys were all no tarps. It was just a scene, um, and they enjoyed their moment. So we'll play some audio from that. The get the the beat button ready over there, Josh. Uh, U.S. Open though also wrapped up this weekend last night. Uh, Prime time golf viewing experience. They did have to move the tee times up because everybody was complaining that they were playing Twilight golf, and I don't blame them.
0: Like the, I was so happy. I was like, oh, I'm going to be up till midnight watching golf, still, and it was like it was wrapping I just up. Felt at a good for the guys.
1: Hour. Like, what if there was a playoff? And and I totally I, there was a lot of negativity. It well, was fine. Right there's a lot of negativity around the U.S. Open, and we can go through that. Like I did not. Really think it was an enjoyable weekend. I was surprised at the way that the facility looked and the the fans, like lack of fans. It just seemed like a low-energy event. Wyndham Clark wins, and neither of us had picked Wyndham Clark, so we're losers in our Fanex Cup. Um, you did. Yep, and, and I think yeah, there's a lot of really wonderful stories around Wyndham Clark. Uh, as we heard on the broadcast yesterday, he lost his mom um, when he was a teenager to cancer, and he thought about maybe quitting golf. Um, and so her late memory, like she inspired him to continue to keep playing. And so when he won, you saw the emotion. His entire family was there in the green. Like, that That touched the heartstrings. Like, you know, like, it, it, yesterday was a day all about family, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And to see him win and have his first big moment was really, really special. Um, he went kind of going head-to-head with Rory down the stretch there. And it felt like it was his tournament for the final day, at least. And he was able to capture the lead uh, on a one-stroke uh, lead to beat Rory. So there's a lot of, like... Really sentimental, nice reasons. Yeah, nice. To see I Wyndham mean, it Clark is a nice
0: story, right? <laughs> like you lose your mother and you have this immense talent and you don't really know how to use it mm-hmm. because you're kind of tortured by what happened yeah, in your personal life. And like that's something that a lot of people can relate to uh, clearly because a lot of people go through challenges. But yeah, I mean, it took him a while to get the best out of himself because he was dealing with something beyond Mm -hmm. the game of golf and it's nice to see him sort of overcome that and have a moment like he did i mean he was somewhat of a no name like he's not exactly he's not a household name for sure or wasn't before this tournament um but yeah you could definitely see the talent and it's nice uh you know it's a nice story that someone could sort of overcome that and actually reach the pinnacle when really no one expected him to win this tournament, or if you did yeah. expect him to win this tournament, if you probably expected him to ever be someone to contend at a major championship and put it all together and on such an important weekend.
1: And Rory, once again, falling devastatingly close on a Sunday. It's mm-hmm. kind of been the story of Rory over the last little while, man, he's got to be tired of these post round interviews where he just kind of has that look and he's like, Rory, you know, how, how does it feel to be just so close again? He's like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I actually stuff. I actually thought those were the it was the perfect conditions for him to actually win. Because yeah, if he's close. front running, it gets into his head, mm-hmm. and can he hold a lead? When you're just kind of a couple behind, yep. and you need someone else to falter, and you can kind of play. And it got
1: close there at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was it was really close. I think I mean, he played relatively well. I mean, he blew it on that par five. Mm-hmm. Uh, even got relief and whatever. I mean, I, again, he's not Nick Taylor. Um, but uh, <laughs> that
1: ball was literally in yeah, his I know, core. Right. I know, but like, it was in should, the magma you not, should you not of the core?
0: Should you not be? Should you be able to drop? Over the bunker? Anyway, whatever. Don't think they're punished enough. Whatever. Mm. Doesn't matter. He still blew it on that hole. But he was good. And he played well. He played a lot better than others. But just Wyndham Clark didn't flinch. And Wyndham Clark put himself in some really precarious positions. He was confident, too. And scrambled beautifully. Like, it was just one mistake that Clark didn't make. That prevented him from being maybe in a playoff with Rory and who knows what happens then. But I did think that was, I did think Rory was going to win because I always thought during these struggles where, you know, it's been like 20 plus in the nine years and he's got so many top tens. He barely misses cuts. He's just tortured at these events. And I thought finally that was setting up to be, okay, a player that hasn't proven it and you're not in that lead position you're going to be hunting rather than being the hunted. And the guy who was actually leading, he's never been there before. I thought it was going to be Rory's time, but Wyndham Clark, he didn't go away.
1: How about Ricky Fowler's time? Man, he's really loved on tour. There was a bunch of guys that said mm-hmm. if he's if he's there at the end, like oh, we're waiting around, we want to give him a hug on the 18th green. He's had it, it very... Like, surprising weekend. Obviously, he falls short in the end. was wearing his orange. And,
0: yeah. And it was... It was a, a, a Ricky throwback.
1: Yeah, it was a Ricky throwback weekend. Uh,
0: he was hanging around last year. I think last year at the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. he was an alternate. And he was hanging around the yeah. golf course, hoping he could get in the field if someone withdrew yeah. or someone He's didn't show up or whatever. Like, he has gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. That was just last year. Mm-hmm. And he was leading the tournament, it seemed like, throughout the entire way, whether it was wide or wire or not. He did flinch at some points. But he was there the story for the large portion of the weekend, it's been an incredible bounce back for him. It sucks that he didn't get it done. Like, it would have been nice to at least see him compete at a decent level mm-hmm. on Sunday. Uh, but Ricky Fowler's recovered something clearly over the last year, and it was good to see him in a big spot again.
1: Yeah, falls off um, at the final there. Uh, he's T5, but uh, a really, that was a really nice storyline to follow this weekend. Um, okay, so I mentioned some, the vibes were just, Poor at the U.S. Open, um, LACC I think got a lot of heat for, deservingly, for lack of fans, and so there's a really good uh, insightful article. It's a Golf Digest put out some information about how the ticket sales went. I wanted to read this because it just felt quiet. Like mm-hmm. we just saw the Canadian Open. Of course we're biased, but I that place Sunday was, was okay. Yeah, well, it's Sunday. It better be okay. Yeah. The, the rest of the weekend was a snooze fest, and it was bad. We just saw the Canadian Open, which was like an iconic Canadian heritage moment where people were ripping their shirts off at the wrinkle. Like I understand. It was well attended. It's very different. And enjoyed. And the U.S. Open is a little bit more hoity-toity at the L.A. Country Club. But anyway, so LACC is a smaller footprint. Obviously, you've seen like you zoom out and you're in the middle of a big city. So it's not like it's in the roaring hills of wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, But so there's 23,000 tickets as a daily amount of attendance. So 14,000 of the 23,000 tickets were allotted for suites and hospitality and tents and, like, fancy people.
0: Mitch murdered at the Montreal Grand Prix type of people. So
1: only 9,000 tickets were then general admission. So 9,000 people just allowed to rip around the course. But out of the 9,000 remaining tickets, it's believed that only half were actually allotted to the general public. So LACC bought like four to four and a half thousand of those tickets for themselves, whatever they want to do with them, which meant that only half of them were available for actual fans to buy. So, so. it was
0: an influencer and celebrity and rich yes. person event.
1: And people of that caliber sometimes don't show up, sometimes show up late and sometimes don't care about the golf exactly. experience. So out of 23,000 tickets, only 4,500 were actually available to fans that wanted to make the trip to LACC that wanted to purchase these tickets mm-hmm. originally. And the way that the golf course was set up is like there are some areas like you legitimately cannot go to. It's very it's like a, a canyonous is that a word? Canyonous.
0: Canyonous. Full of canyons. Canyon-esque.
1: Canyon-esque. Canyon like.
0: Canyon esque. Canyon esque.
1: Canyon city. How about that? So there's some areas where you like actually cannot get close to the action. There's like sometimes with a grandstands. They cannot put grandstands up. So the way that it was structured, there was also, like, limitations. Um, but it just it felt that way. And the golfers were very open and honest about They were ripping it. They were ripping this course. Um, Brooks Koepka said he's not a huge fan of the course. Matt Fitzpatrick said it wasn't his cup of tea. Victor Hovland said, I don't think there's any great holes. I don't like this course. And the list goes on. These are your big name guys mm-hmm. ripping your golf course. And I think it had to do with the experience. A lot of them called out, like, it wasn't. Like there was no energy. Like it was quiet. So
0: yeah, I'm not really like a course know-it-all. Neither am I. Guy, like I'm not gonna be like, oh, it should have been at Shinnecock. Like I don't really know (laughs) where it should have (laughs) been. But that didn't seem like a U.S. Open caliber course. Like Mm -hmm. it never did, not once. And Ricky going eight under on Thursday with Shoffley. I mean, that tells you something about how it wasn't set up perfectly on day one, and then. 10 under wins it which is like okay what happened here which yeah. is maybe more of a test for a US they Open. They
1: grinded to make that hard.
0: It just didn't feel ever like like I mean <laughs> there was a 295 yard par 3 and I'm like that's ridiculous. It was and crazy. Rory's Rory shot in the final round on that par 3 was mm-hmm. like I can't even imagine looking at that <laughs> from the tee myself. Like that is crazy. But then there was also a par 4 that was like 45 yards. Longer than that par three. Wasn't like there it was a par three one day that was a, like
1: 80 yards? And
0: there was, a really, there was a really short one?
1: Yeah, there was one day it's where just, it
0: was so short. Yeah, it's just, it's a wonky, it was a wonky course. Yeah. It was a wonky and course. And the front nine and, and the
1: back nine played completely different. So it was like, you got to score on the front nine, and you can't lose on the back nine. It was just like, it was lopsided. It just felt like a discombobulated experience with... Peacocks and whatever we talked about at the yeah the monkeys the and someone Mansion. was calling
0: the monkeys it was, was just, just strange like, it's yeah it was strange I think they're getting a little too cute like we talked about the RBC Canadian Open mm-hmm. hey is there not like a really great course in Victoria like there is. But you it's want to be close courses. to Toronto, and maybe with the U.S. Open, you want to be in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but also what's best for the tournament is probably not the course that's jammed into downtown Los Angeles. It's probably not the case.
1: And it'd be great to get you no know, celebs there. I understand it's nice for your social media to show that, I don't know, David Beckham was in attendance, but there was a lot of people that weren't able to attend, weren't able to get your collection of tickets and mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's important. This is for this is for the fans. Like people want to go see the U.S. Open. This isn't what's next, the Travelers Tournament or something. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. What's it might that? Be a, it'd probably be it a better is course. Travelers to be honest. Championship. Then it's Rocket Mortgage Classic, our oh, favorite. Our
0: fave, yeah.
1: But you know, this one's at TBC River Highlands, so it's like you know they there was a better spot for him. I, that's kind of the end of the conversation. But Wyndham Clark gets the win. Uh, he's a winner. We were losers for not picking him. Uh, we do winners and losers every Monday. We'll do that at seven thirty, and
0: we'll save our Canada United States yeah, so uh, Nations Cup final four winners. And we
1: have Canada. There's lots to go through from the weekend. Canada United States had their uh, Nations League Cup final. Uh, Argos kicked off their season last night. I was driving through the traffic of downtown because I forgot about the timing. Um, we just happened to be all merging. On the same highway together. That's a tough together. scene, tough scene. Um, And we also have updates from the Canadian Grand Prix, the winner of that. We'll do all of that in winners and losers. We have David Sampson going to join us at 7. He's the former Miami Marlins president. He's current host of Nothing Personal Podcast. So let's talk about that series coming up with the Marlins. And as a former president, what's going on with the Blue Jays? How do you structure that up? We've got Frank Valley at 8 o'clock. And then Peter Galindo will join us at 8.30 to wrap up Canada Soccer. Also, Tebow Hutchinson's retirement, um, how that affects the, the whole team, and why didn't he get to play yesterday? Because that's a big storyline. Uh, A-List is next, though, on the Fan Morning Show.
0: Sportsnet 590, the Now, it's time for hey, the A-List. Bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong. What's up, baby? Okay, I saw
1: the story right before the weekend, so I had to pin it to bring it up on Monday. Um because it it just it screams my college experience as well. Um, so the College World Series is going on, and Oral Roberts baseball team mm-hmm. has become a little bit viral for one of their, I guess, traditions um, that you only really see when you start watching the College World Series on television. So their first base coach, Jimmy Turk, what a guy. Good eh? handle. Jimmy Turk um, will give a gummy worm to anybody that reaches first base I love pops that. it right in their mouth, little gummy worm. And the pastime can be traced back to an eight hour bus ride in 2021 between Minneapolis and Fargo, where the guys were I, I mean, just there's eight hours to kill. I've been on many bus trips that were that long in college and did some strange things are formed mm-hmm. and that was formed and, and
0: candy stops are made.
1: And Oh, it was, it was all every time we were loaded up for a road trip, When we were in college, it was like the freshmen are in charge of uh, grabbing the the, the sugary candy. The sophomores, they'll grab snacks. The juniors will grab, you know, whatever, drinks, like Gatorade,
0: chill. Sure, sure. I didn't didn't even
1: Yeah. Anyway, so like everybody had their thing that they'd bring and the bus would always be buzzing with candy and chips and whatever you wanted, even though you're supposed to be athletes. Um, But gummy worms were just, I'm a gummy worm guy. Okay. I love a good gummy worm. Is that
0: your number one? If you're going bulk barn after the show, gummy worms is what you're. There, your, if you had one item, to I pull? might
1: make a, a Mount Rushmore of what to get. But the sour gummy worms are they're They're there. They're on one of the faces of the gummy okay. worm. All right. And so when I saw this, I'm like, this this is the this is my squad. Like Oral Roberts, uh, the candy company that makes Oral Roberts. I mean, <laughs> makes. Gummy worms sent Oral Roberts a box ahead of their first game. It's in Omaha. Um, but, I mean, gummy worms are up there. This is a text line question.
0: Good product placement there.
1: You're, you're headed to first base. What What's the thing that's going to get you there? Do the Blue Jays need to institute a first mm. base award? Is it a gummy worm? Is it something that's going to get them to have a Imagine damn John hit? John
0: Schneider advocating for gummy worms at first base. <laughs> I was just going to say, though, like, if let's say Oral Roberts is up 10-1 late in the game, and someone just hits the gap, hits the wall. Mm-hmm. Do, they do, they go, they stop? do they? round first and go to second. So they,
1: does Jimmy Turk or just you toss go for one the one gummy? Other?
0: Do you go for the gummy worm, or do you get to like disrobe? You know, you lose the, mm-hmm, the elbow that pad. He comes and brings you a gummy worm. I want to that's know how a good that works.
1: question: What if you had a double? Are because you going to stop hitting one, doubles on purpose to just hit a single?
0: I might go for the sour gummy worm.
1: Just I mean, saying. so what's what's your go-to then?
0: Uh, I like a like a. Like a cherry blaster would that's be. That's a good sort of see That's my, a great that's one too. That's kind of my the mm. watermelon ones. I didn't know how to is a watermelon mm. slice. Any like kind cherry blasters meat, yep. Yeah, that's. I my, would say
1: that sour candy is the top. Like sour
0: jujubes are really good. I don't think I've had jujubes that. terrible. Sour jujubes elite.
1: <sighs> like if I'm if I'm reaching Bald for burned. something, I'll, I'll have will Near I'll your house. I'll go we'll get some sour jujubes. It's certainly like I'm more of a sour candy person than like a chocolate.
0: I am sweet also. Yeah, or chips. I think we're in the same well, realm, I you know I'm a, you know a chip you're gal. huge chip person.
1: I'm a chip person, I'm a gummy bear, gummy worm gal, um preferably sour. But I this okay. is this will be an interesting uh text line question because if people are very much in their camp. Are you sweet, sour? Are you wanting to hit first base coach for the Toronto Blue Jays with some tips on how to get them? To get some more hits, because we might be on to something here, Oral Roberts. Um, all right, we've got David Sampson on the other side of the break. And yes, Andrew and St. John reminds me, he's the former Survivor contestant, David Sampson. He says, I'm watching Survivor with my kids this year. They love it. I'm rewatching his season with them. So, Andrew, don't no spoiler alerts, but... Give us some David Sampson Survivor moments because I remember last time we had him on, I did a deep dive on Google and he was certainly on Survivor.
0: I just want to know if the Blue Jays can survive this road trip.
1: Ooh, good one. Good segue. All right, David Sampson, after the break.